It is a blessing to be here today. It's always a blessing to uh, be uh, be able to fellowship together with uh, folks of Tabernacle and we and and folks also of uh, Sovereign Grace. And uh, to, it's always a blessing to, as well to to be able to preach at people. Uh, so we got some targets here today. That's always good because the preachers are preachers never get preached to. So now I'm just kidding. Uh, anyway, anyway, it is a it is a blessing to be in the house of the Lord, and it's good to be. Uh, or, well, I should say, they don't get preached to by other preachers. Now, maybe preachers' wives and things like that happen, but but anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, but the fact of the matter is that uh, it is such a blessing to be here. We love Brother Mel, love the folk here, all of you, and uh, you're a treasure and a blessing to us. That that's far beyond what words can describe honestly and uh, it is uh, it is good to be able to uh, dwell together in unity and it's good to be in the house of the Lord and it's good for brethren to uh, to be able to to have fellowship one with another and and we praise the Lord for that opportunity today we're going to be in second Corinthians chapter 4 and chapter 5. So be in two, two chapters here, but the end of one and the beginning of another. Okay, not just kind of the end of it, but most of one and yeah, a good ways into the other. Uh, but First uh, Corinthians, Second Corinthians, excuse me, Second Corinthians, chapter four, <clears throat> and let's read verse seven to begin with, and let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll we'll read uh, some other uh, portion, another portion of it here. But in verse 7 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. we be speaking today on the subject of having this treasure. Having this treasure. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer before we go further. Lord, we need your help today we find and we know that we are but uh, vessels Lord that perhaps uh, that you will use and we just we look forward to uh, your work in, in our hearts and in our lives today as we look into the word Lord both in this message and in the message that will follow and we pray that you would bless Lord that that you'd give leadership and direction that you would uh, guard us and and guide us, Lord, as your people, and we just pray that the very uh, words of, of the Apostle Paul that are the words of the Holy Spirit as well would be that that would govern, Lord, our thoughts today, and that we might, like you do, magnify your word above all your name, and we just pray today, Lord, your leadership and direction be upon us, and we just look for your. Uh, guidance to us, and that you might give to us, Lord, some some uh, little help in our in our way and in our walk that would be beneficial, and we'll give you the glory and the praise for it all in Jesus' name, Amen. Having this treasure, the Apostle Paul is obviously in context previous to this talking about his own ministry a little bit, and um, but he but he turns, I believe from this, the subject of just simply his ministry uh, to, as being an encouragement to the saints at 
Corinth as well. In other words, there's application here both uh, as far as his ministry and what he's doing that is going to be of benefit to them as well. And I, and I think it can be of benefit to us today too. Uh, having this treasure. He speaks about we have this treasure in earthen vessels. But let's back up at verse 6. And let's see, the scripture says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He says He shined into our hearts to give us this. The, the light of the brighten our minds enlighten us to the truth of God through Jesus Christ the truth of God that we have and he says that he give to us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God all his glory all of who he is all the magnificence of God and how he is in us and how he works in us and how he's working around us in all the different ways the glory of God and he says that we might see that in the face of Jesus Christ he's he's enlightened us he's opened our hearts and our lives that we might be given this and and may I say this treasure the treasure that I think he's talking about is that very treasure of our salvation and we'll look at it but the very treasure that we have through the gospel that is his ministry, the Apostle Paul's ministry, uh, that, that we would, as, as the Lord's people, grow with an appreciation for what he's done. He calls it a treasure. But we have this treasure, verse 7, in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may, may be of God and not of us. Let's continue to read. And I wanna, we're going to read down through chapter 5 and verse 8. It says, For we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which are which which live and are all are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us and but life in you, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also shall raise us up uh, shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you for all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, 
but the things which are not seen are eternal. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so, be that being clothed we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for this selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore, we're always confident, knowing that whilst we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. He speaks a lot about our body, our earthly body, and he speaks about something future as well. And, and I want us to think about this in this passage of Scripture. I want to, want to say first, though, that it is, it's obvious from other portions of Scripture that the Lord has a place prepared for His sheep, for all His saints. There's no doubt about what there's a place that the Lord has for us. We believe literally there's a place, and He's gone to, when He says, I've gone to prepare a place for you, that, that that's different than just changing our body, making our body different. Okay? He's got a place for us. There's a place. He says that in my Father's house are many mansions if we're not told, if we're not so I would have told you. So, so he has a place for us. And, and we, we look forward to going to that place. Uh, in the, uh, whenever the, the scripture talked about the, the beggar and the rich man, it talks about the fact that, there's, that, they, that he went, that the rich man went to a place. He went to a certain place and he lifted up his eyes in, in hell, being in torments. Okay? And the beggar. Uh, when he died, would go into Abraham's bosom and he would be relieved. But there was a place that he was at. And the scripture talks about how that it's a, there's this gulf between these two places, you know. So there's, there's clearly a place that the Word of God describes for us as to our future location. But I believe that Paul is speaking on a different kind of house than that in this text. I believe he's talking about a different kind of house. He's talking about a, a tabernacle, so to speak, as, as elsewhere described, of our body, of the body, of the place in which that our soul resides. And so it's a different kind of a house in our text, something like a, an earthen vessel. And I, and I believe he uses that description here, that our house that Paul, he says himself, he's, you know, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Okay, so, so he's speaking about the, the earthly body and, and an earthly house. And, and then he turns to actually talking about earthly clothing. He speaks in our text about how that we're clothed right now with an earthly clothing and that there's a, another kind of clothing that's, that awaits us. 
and, and we're not talking about our soul's clothing. We're not talking about our, our, uh, our condition before God in that we are robed completely in the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ today. Not tomorrow. But yet, that's, I don't think that's what Paul's referring to here. He's talking about a bodily change. He talks about something bodily that's going to come about in the future. And he uses these metaphors, and it's almost he's using, he's just stacking one metaphor upon another and using them to describe the body, to describe the human body. And so let's just, we want to proceed through this passage today, and we'll start with this treasure. Here's, here's, hey, it's not, it's going to be pretty simple. This treasure, verses, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, this life, chapter 4, verses 8 through 18. This groaning, chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. And this faith, chapter 5, verses 5 through 8. This, these things. Having this treasure. So first, let's start with the treasure. In verses 6 and 7 here. It says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, and Paul says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We have this treasure. What's he talking about? I believe without a shadow of a doubt he's talking about gospel salvation. He's talking about our salvation. Salvation, the gospel way. The way he preached it. The way that Christ preached it. The way John the Baptist preached it. Just, just the way Peter would preach it. Just the way... The, the, as it's referred to in the scripture just the way Isaiah preached it in Isaiah chapter 53 it's just it's the gospel way is the treasure of eternal life this treasure of the knowledge of God in the face of Jesus Christ in Christ which we have as weak sinful vessels we possess this as weak sinful vessels saved how? By no other way than by grace, completely of the grace of God, His favor toward us, so there's no boasting that's permissible. No boasting is even permissible because it is Him who is to receive the glory. We have this salvation, though. We have this exceedingly precious treasure that we have within us, within these these messed up old bodies fallen messed up sinful corruptible old bodies mortal bodies we have within us as God's people this treasure and it is it's an it's a wonder that this treasure would be ours we just sang a few moments ago just how how am I ever going to explain how that the Lord would have made, have saved me. That, that, that He would save me. How can I explain that? Forever that's going to be a question for me. I, I believe. I, I, the Lord's going to open my eyes more and more. To, you know, but at the same time, I'm just going to always kind of say, you know, it's to His glory. It's all His glory. And that's the reason. It has nothing to do with anything in me. It had nothing to do with me. Because all I was is a, just a piece of clay. All I was was just a, something that now it's a it's a it's a it's a good piece of clay, 
a nice looking bald piece of clay maybe but the fact of the matter is that that's all it is it's just clay it's dust it's dirt it's it's uh it's something that's how he made us and 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 as well it's how we fail i mean we're a fallen situation here we we each one of us are a a a messed up uh uh, needing redemption, a mess up. Needing rede- not messed up by God, but messed up by us. Amen. Needing redemption, and not only needing redemption from the standpoint of eternal salvation, which we already have if we're saved today, but needing the redemption of the body too. That Paul speaks about in the Romans, the redemption of the body that's yet to come, something else that's that's yet to be ours. So, part of this treasure. So, this treasure is our. It's our salvation, and we have it in this earthen vessel. And then, secondly, this life. Um, and if the, all these points go this fast, boy, brother, brother, um, brother Victor is going to have all kinds of time today. Uh, chapter four, verse eight to eighteen. Just remember, I said that, but later on, I'm sure you'll say, "Hey, I didn't get much." Uh, chapter four, verse eight. This life. Paul starts talking about this life. How does he describe it? We're, we're troubled on every side. Yet, not distressed. We're, we look around and it's just trouble everywhere, but we're not distressed. We are perplexed. Don't understand it. But I know the one that is in control of it. And, and so I'm not in despair. I'm perplexed about it. Don't understand how why it has to happen. Why it has to happen this way. Why it has to happen to me. Why it has to, you know, persecuted, but not forsaken. Persecution is kind of a, you know, it's a forsaking of you and your and who you are and what you are and and all your integrity is shot is thrown out the window. Persecution, but not forsaken we got the Lord cast down but not destroyed always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus so we're always in a sense he's saying that the death of Jesus Christ is an example to us of what it is to live in this life that's what it's about living this life is going to for the believer is going to be somewhat like Jesus Christ's road to Golgotha it's going to be somewhat like that. It's going to be some things that you know that you're having to go through, and you think nobody else has ever gone through these. Oh yeah, Jesus has. Yeah, there's someone who knows, and someone who feels just has felt and and knows your trouble, and he cares about us. And so, this life we're we're now being tested and being made more and more to understand that power to continue to understand that that having the power to continue on is it's not a part of the vessel it's a part of the treasure it's the treasure that's within us and and but in this treasure in the great grace that's brought in salvation that we will eventually either we're either gonna one of these days we're either gonna be and I think this the apostle speaks about this one of these days we're either gonna be we're either gonna be raptured or we're going to uh, die and resurrect we're either gonna be raptured or we're gonna be resurrected one of the two is gonna happen 
some of us are going to some saints of God over time are going to be raptured and are not going to see a death and resurrection but there's but that doesn't mean we're not all going to be together we're all going to be together one of these days and we're together we're going to be given uh, a new body we're together we're going to get, be given something completely different than what we have today and that's in the if you will that uh, that we're eventually going to be either resurrected or raptured that's in the treasure that's all part of this treasure but we're just an earthen vessel in this life our salvation treasure makes the saint divinely designed as a sort of mentioned to my uh, mentioned to my wife today using a different application but a sort of pandora's box only in the very best the most blessed and wonderful way imaginable we are a vessel that contains a treasure that is so full of divine design and that is so full of divine future of things that are yet to happen yet to occur in our lives and and so we're just it's just going to continue to open up and the apostle is speaking here about the opening up of that of that box if you will we live this life knowing we have an incredible future we have confidence from the lord knowing that our future is amazing it is incredible and there's all there are things that not only things in the life to come not only at death not only at rapture but also here in this life there are things in which god's grace is going to enable us to accomplish certain things and to do certain things that are that are going to be something different than we, we would, would have ever even thought about doing they're going to be something different than and it's going to be the lord using us and blessing us and it'll be something that we would never even want to do if it weren't for the fact that we are we're indwelt by this treasure we're just vessels with this wonderful treasure that the lord has given to us so that's what this life's about so this treasure this life and then this groaning do you not feel uh, a groaning and a longing for something better brother Victor said, I think it was Brother Victor, uh, that uh, we were talking this morning, how you, how, you know, how are things going for you? And he said, well, much better than I deserve, but if I had my choice, I'd probably, I don't know how you said it exactly. You could, do you remember? Okay. How did you say it? Not as good as you want. <laughs> Not as good as you want. Well, okay, let's focus on that second part. <laughs> And the first part's really good too, because it says, "I'm just a vessel. I got a treasure that I don't deserve." But here's the thing: I want something more. What? Do I, why do I want something more? Because right now I got this vessel that I'm carrying around. Right now I got my. The treasure is here, and the treasure leads me in a direction, and my flesh leads me somewhere else. I don't like that. 
And I don't think there's a child of God in this world that likes that. When they really think about it, when they really think about it, they don't really like that. They are longing. There is something in this treasure that the Lord's given us that causes us to have this longing, this yearning for something better, for something so much better. Well, he talks about this groaning in chapter 5, verses 1 to 4. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle, our earthly house, okay, now we're in the, uh, on the second metaphor, and he's talking, still talking about our body, and he says, we, we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, what would that be? My earthly, the, that's when, that's, that's what happens before the funeral, right? This is what happens before the funeral. The, the earthly house of this tabernacle is dissolved. We die. We have a building of God. <laughs> I guess we got something better. We have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan. Because of this, we have this groaning, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with this house. So now he's talking about clothing. He's moving from metaphor to metaphor, but he's using them interchangeably. And he says, he says, I'm this vessel. I'm just this vessel. This, but but I'm this house here. I got a better house, but I'm a house right now. And oh, by the way, I am clothed. There's this. I am clothed a certain way right now. I'm clothed with this flesh, if you will. Flesh and blood. I'm clothed with this sinful condition, this sinful state, this fallen condition, but I'm looking forward to the fact that I'm going to be clothed again in the future. If so be that we being clothed, he says, well, he says, if you're in this, we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle, in this house, this tabernacle, this vessel, this, this clothing, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life, he says here. So this vessel likely is going to be broken. Uh, if we die, this vessel will be broken. And this vessel will be over with. This house will be dissolved, if you will. This body is an earthly house, but we await a heavenly. And this groaning is that we groan, we groan as our house here is so imperfect, so fallen. We know something better far better awaits us our house from heaven immortal he talks about immortality immortality be swallowed up <laughs> that mortality what's the other word that the apostle paul uses in the in reference to the resurrection uh incorruptible <laughs> incorruptible we've got a corruptible old nature right now our our condition is corruptible not going to be corruptible when we get the house from heaven. It's not going to be corruptible when we get the tabernacle from heaven. It's not going to be corruptible when we get the clothes, the heavenly clothes. Not going to be corruptible anymore. 
We're going to be clothed upon, you see, and we're not going to be naked. We're going to be we're going to be clothed upon for heaven, for a new place, for the presence of God. We're going to be have a different kind of clothing, and we read here is this groaning. So our earthly house is like that clothing covering us, keeping us from being naked in this world. Our earthly body, our earthly house, it's it readies us for it's it's gotten us by in this world and it continues to do so you keep feeding it and it probably is going to live a while you know it's like a baby you keep on feeding it and it'll live a while now if you keep feeding it too much then that could be a problem too but the fact is we got you know little puppies and little dogs and you kind of understand that's the way it is so that's what happened i went to a customer's the other day and and he's uh he was talking about how that yeah, that his wife's got the dog, you know, the dog that's out there in the hallway wandering around, going everywhere from place to place is uh, the wife's dog. She has him here, and and uh, and as you can tell, you know, he's pretty healthy. And I look at him, and it's like, hmm, I'm not sure that I would call that healthy <laughs> because, because he's just a little, he's one of these little dogs, you know, and I'm telling you that thing was like, there's like tiny little feet and this great big old big old diameter tube you know and uh but the fact the matter is though that uh that we as the lord's people we are uh, alive in this body and this is a wonderful thing i mean it is the body can you it, can anybody improve on it i mean it's pretty amazing pretty amazing i'm fearfully and wonderfully made there's no question about it. This is quite an amazing thing. It's quite an amazing accomplishment, the body that the Lord has given us. And so this earthly house, it's covering us, and it's appropriately covering us for this world. But oh, how we long for that heavenly apparel, preparing us for the very presence of God. How we long for that heavenly apparel where there is no corruption, where it's not corruptible, and there is no temptation to sin it's not there anymore we have a nature we end up being given a whole new a whole new situation in life where that we are not stumbling where we don't have this bipolar goofy thing going on in a sense in our life where we got here's where we want to go but here's where we go and it's just terrible and we hate it and we long for something better and because we got a treasure within, we're going to get something better. We got something else that the Lord has prepared and we, that He has for us that is yet future. And then there's the faith. This faith in verses 5 through 8 of this chapter. He says, Now he that, let's just read it here first. Now he that hath wrought us for this self same thing that, that, as he said in verse number 4, for we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. So that's that being given that clothing from heaven, whether it was by, whether it was through our death and the Lord's coming and our resurrection, or whether it was through our being there, still alive and remain, those that are alive and remain, that are going to be caught up together uh, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, he that hath wrought us for this selfsame thing is God. He's made us. He's We're his new creation, uh, who's made us, who also given us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we're at home in the body, 
were absent from the Lord. There's confidence in that statement. Being at home in the body means being absent from the Lord. What's confident about that? The inverse of it is what's the confidence that he's talking about. And that is that once we're no longer in the body, we're going to be in the presence of the Lord, right? Immediately when this body dies, we're in the presence of the Lord and not a moment sooner. We're in His presence. And so, therefore, we're always confident knowing that whilst we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We're confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body. Oh, yeah. I'll take that. Absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. I'll take the absent from the body and be and be found not yet with my heavenly clothing, not yet with the new thing. I'll just take being absent from the body for a little while. The Lord wants that to happen before the resurrection. But then when the resurrection occurs, I'm going to be given a new body. I'm going to be clothed upon with a clothing that's re- that readies me for eternity with the Lord. Paul reminds us that we've each been wrought as a new creation for this very experience of of this glorious transaction from earthly to this transition from earthly to heavenly and that within this vessel is the earnest of the Holy Spirit the very presence of God spiritually living within us himself giving us this continual confidence that while in this body we're absent from the Lord in a way so we don't live for we don't walk if you will here by sight but rather we walk by faith we don't see the Lord yet he's not in our presence and we don't see him yet physically we don't see heaven we don't see the holy angels we walk by faith he says here so we're in this life we're walking by faith but we're waiting for that time but this confidence, though, having the very presence of the Holy Spirit, which is the earnest of our inheritance, in other words, it's the earnest of the inheritance before the redemption of our body. In other words, it's a promise. The Holy Spirit Himself and His presence is a promise that we're going to have a new body. He's promised us that we are going to have the redemption of our body take place one of these days. And so we're rejoicing that confidence gives us peace about death that that the moment the vessel finally breaks the moment the house is down the moment the clothing is destroyed that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord and awaiting our resurrection to have our glorified body put on us by God is something that is a reality that the Apostle Paul, I believe, is speaking about here in this text. He's talking about, here's what we have. How much do we have in this treasure? (laughs) Eternity will not be long enough for us to understand how much he's put in this vessel. How much he has put in this vessel to save us. How much love has been poured into us. How much wisdom has been poured in. How much grace has been poured into us. 
how much faith has been poured in, how much strength and power and ability has been poured in, what all the Lord has given to us, what treasure He's given, the, the, the payment for sin, the penalty for sin being endured by our Savior. It's all part of that treasure we have within us. That the Lord has opened our eyes and He's, he's enlightened us and he's, he's put in our hearts and put in our lives this glorious treasure of the glory of God, of the knowledge of the glory of God in the very person and work and base of Jesus Christ. Am I living my life as someone who possesses such an amazing treasure? Is that where I'm at? Do do I really see that, that this treasure within me is not only a God find. It's not only, you know, we watch sometimes we watch these these people go hunting for some treasure, you know, the mystery of Oak Island or something else. Or the I think it's what it's called. Curse of Oak Island. Whatever it is. And they go look and they're digging for this treasure, trying to find this treasure, you know, and they but if they find the treasure, whoever it is, as they as they find a treasure, they found something. You know, that's great. They found this treasure, you know, and that's about all there is to it. Because all it is is just silver and gold. All it is is something corruptible that's going to pass away. That's all they get. But do we see how much more this treasure is? This treasure is something that is constantly a a consistent. Uh, Reminder, a constant confidence that the Lord has built in us and that He continues to build us up in the truth. And that this treasure is something that, as God's people, in a way... Okay, now the little bit the negative part. In a way, does it not make me responsible? Does it not cause me to say, He gave me all of this. What am I supposed to do? Why did He give it to me? Why did He put this treasure within me? Is it just for heaven? Is it just for the future? Way out in the future? Or did He put this treasure within me so that when I live my life here in this life that we just talked about this life that I might have the grace to live it in such a way as that it is in thanksgiving to the glory of God. You know, that I be a person who's grateful and is thankful for what the Lord has done for me, and that if I'm thankful for this treasure that He's given me, that I might take and use it to His glory. And that I might, as a child of God, be one that, that like the Apostle Paul is saying here, in his own personal experience, he's talking about preaching the gospel he's talking about being a testimony to others he's talking about having a life that's lived not just for me that this treasure isn't just for me this treasure is so that I could not only love the Lord my God with all my heart and soul and mind but that I can also love my neighbor as myself which I could never do if it weren't for this treasure if it wasn't for that and so as we think about this passage of scripture today now, am I am I living my life as someone who possesses such?
such an amazing treasure. Having this treasure. What's that mean to me? Having this treasure. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings and the